Westchester Talk Radio is broadcasting live. News, trends, and more. No one knows Westchester County better than we do. We are Westchester Talk Radio. Good day. Welcome to Westchester Talk Radio, westchestertalkradio.com. I'm John Marino, and we are produced by Shark Creative, made possible by Robeson Oil, the house that service built. By Lipolis Electric. Don't be left in the dark. Get Lipolis. By Hightower Westchester, managing your wealth to a fiduciary standard. By White Plains Hospital. And by Michael Labriola, landscape design and construction of Armonk, plus Tompkins Mayor Pack Bank. This is what's happening in the lower Hudson Valley. We are joined by the Westchester County Commissioner of the Department of Health, Dr. Sherlita Amler. Dr. Amler, welcome back. Let's talk COVID. Obviously, the COVID numbers around the county right now, do they seem to be going up, down, stabilizing? What direction do we seem to be headed in at this moment? Well, right now, our numbers seem to be stable. Uh, We did see an uptick around July. And for a while, we were seeing about 200 cases a day. It's trended down to somewhere around 175, 176 cases a day. And we're hanging out pretty much there since July. So our case counts have been stable. Which How is about great. vaccinations, vaccination rates around the county with the all the work that's been done to get people vaccinated? Has this worked? Has the effort worked? Well, I mean, in Westchester, we have some really good vaccination rates, some of the best vaccination rates in the state. Uh, We have uh, somewhere around 648,000 people in the county that have completed vaccine series. They had both their shots or one shot of Johnson & Johnson. That's about 65% of our population. We have um, about... um, 75 percent with at least one dose um so um i i think that that that's probably as good as any other county and better than most in the state does it matter which vaccine you get or is there a way you should go about selecting which vaccine you should get pfizer moderna johnson well the advantage to johnson johnson is it's a single dose So if you have somebody who is homebound, um, you know, um, has difficulty with transportation, um, that is sometimes a really good option. And and in fact, we send um, nurses into people's homes who uh, can't get out for medical reasons or, or whatever the reason is, they just are homebound. And so for us, that's a really great shot to use because we only have to go in there one time and we don't have to worry about uh, scheduling a second dose or them trying to get into their doctor or somebody else to get a second dose. Um, But other than that, it really just is the personal preference of the individual. A lot of people like to read about the various vaccines and they have strong opinions one way or the other. Um, Some of the news coming out seems to say that Moderna is doing slightly better than Pfizer as far as antibody um, count um, more than six months after the second dose. Um, But, you know, both vaccines have a very good track record and they're still both very effective, even six to eight months out. So um, we're very pleased with, you know, how these vaccines have performed. Moving the direction of possibly getting booster shots, is this something that 
according to the information you've gathered, that it's something we will need to do. And we've seen a lot go on with that the past few days on the federal level. Well, the FDA, um, which authorizes vaccines, and the ACIP, which is a committee um, that is association associated with the CDC, have both been reviewing this over the last two weeks. And the, the FDA just came down to say that um, their recommendation is for vac- um, boosters for people who are over 65 or who work in uh, jobs where it places them at high risk of contracting the disease and transmitting it to others. Um, the ACIP is still meeting. They met yesterday. They're meeting again today. And so ways to be seen what their recommendation will be around. Some of the questions that are being asked are, you know, if you got Pfizer, does your booster have to be Pfizer? You know, um, uh, they're also looking at children, you know, young children less than 12 have not been eligible yet to be vaccinated. So uh, these these various groups are looking to uh, prevent, uh, present us with their recommendations around should you know, should we go ahead? Is it safe to go ahead and vaccinate children who are less than 12? Uh, it's looking like they're going to say yes. And that we're kind of expecting that we may get that off, uh, authorization to be able to do that in the next month. And that would be great because currently we can't protect our youngest children uh, from COVID. Mm-hmm. We also have the question about the unvaccinated and how infected They are the unvaccinated with numbers going up, going down, moving around. Unvaccinated around Westchester County, do they account for most of new cases that come in? They they do. They account for more than two thirds of all the cases that come in. Now, we always have to think about as we get more and more um, people vaccinated, of course, then the vast majority of our population, as I just told you, is vaccinated. And of course, there's always the possibility of breakthrough cases, um, but the vast majority of people who get COVID are still unvaccinated. And unfortunately, the vast majority of people who end up hospitalized and who die are unvaccinated. And, and so that's the real, I mean, you know, no one says that the vaccine is going to prevent every single case of, of COVID. And we know it won't. But what we are seeing is that it prevents most of the people who are vaccinated don't end up hospitalized and they don't end up dying. And so that's very similar to what we see with influenza. And um, so, you know, if you're going to tell me that I could still get mildly ill, but I'm not going to be hospitalized or die, I'm going to take that chance because Mm -hmm. I don't want either of those two outcomes. Is that the best thing you could say to somebody who's reluctant to get vaccinated that just look at the numbers locally around the state, the country and worldwide. And if you're into numbers, you don't have to work with them too much to see that the numbers are in favor of if you're not vaccinated and you get sick. Well, chances are the outcome may not be the kind of outcome that you want. And we don't want to have to be going to your funeral. I hate to put it that way, but that's what happens sometimes. That's exactly right. And um, so, you know, the safest thing to do, and and that's why we're so, you know, excited about the fact that hopefully very shortly we will be able to vaccinate children because we are seeing more and more cases of children uh, who are getting COVID. And that only makes sense because they aren't vaccinated. So, 
right now, if you're, you know, under the age of 17, you are about 21% of the COVID cases we get are in kids. And so a lot of people used to say to me, oh, well, you know, children, children don't get sick. They don't get COVID, but that's not true. They absolutely do. Mm-hmm. They just don't have the same hospitalization rates and the same death rates, but they can certainly get COVID and they can get sick and they can't end up in the hospital and they can't even die. We, we have had uh, at least one child that I know of that died in Westchester. So, you know, it can happen. And they can pass it along to someone else too. Well, that is, that happens all the time. And, you know, so um, I, I'm always hearing stories about, you know, someone went to a wedding or they went to a party or, or something, and then they went to visit their grandmother or some other elderly person. And even though they didn't feel that sick and didn't think they had COVID, they unfortunately, um, you know, infected an elderly loved one. And a lot of times those elderly loved ones just don't do very well with COVID. Uh, they may have a much greater risk of ending up in the hospital and dying. And so, uh, you know, you just hate to hear those stories and it's just very sad. Where can you go around Westchester, the key locations to get vaccinated? Besides, of course, I know you do run some pop-up vaccination sites from time to time, too. Yeah, and actually, I, th- I just read in the paper that the state is about to do 120 pop-up sites around the state, primarily, I think, aimed at children. But in Westchester County, we have clinics every Friday at our White Plains Clinic, which is um, um, very close to the county executive's office and right near social services. And we have clinics there from 10 o'clock in the morning until one in the afternoon. You don't have to, you don't have to have an appointment. You can just come in and get a COVID vaccine. And in fact, we also offer uh, school immunizations for children and immunizations for adults, other immunizations for adults who do not have uh, health insurance that will cover it. And so that's available at our White Plains office. And also at 20 South Broadway in Yonkers, we have a clinic there um, that we give vaccines. I believe it is Monday evenings from four to seven and Thursdays from four to seven, Thursday evenings from four to seven. You can look on our website and it'll give you the exact address and the time and, and the location. Beyond the health department, we still have the county center, which is in White Plains. And they give vaccines uh, on a regular basis. Um, a lot of people still go there. And uh, local pharmacies, a lot of our local pharmacies give vaccines. A lot of physicians' offices are now providing vaccines. And then there's all kinds of pop-up events that occur at various churches and events. Um, and um, then we're still doing home um, immunizations for people that are homebound. So there's many, many, many what places and ways for people to get vaccinated. If you want a vaccine, there's really no excuse. I mean, it's it's easy to get. And uh, in fact, now the county center and we are providing third doses. And some people don't understand what the difference is between a booster and a third dose. So a third dose, which is totally authorized now, is for people who uh, have cancer or HIV or some underlying medical condition that impacts their body's ability to make antibodies. So their, Im- uh, their immune system is not competent. And so they've had two doses of COVID vaccine, but because of medical conditions, they may not be fully vaccinated. 
And so in that instance, they've already, you know, the federal government, uh, state government has already authorized these people, no matter what their age, uh, as long as they're over 12, um, to receive a third dose of COVID vaccine. That we can do now. We are still waiting on the ability to provide boosters. So booster is not the same as a third dose. A booster is a third, it is a third dose, but it is a dose of, of, of uh, the COVID vaccine to somebody who was already fully immunized, meaning they've had two doses of Moderna or Pfizer, and they are immunologically competent. So they are fully vaccinated, but the immunity may be waning because of time. So it's looking like they're going to say at least six months since your second dose, and it could be eight months, and we're waiting to see what the FDA is going to say about that. And again, that looks like that is going to be primarily for individuals 65 and older. I'm about to be 65 in two months. Does that mean I could just at that point walk in, get my third shot or get my booster at that point? Or do I need to be displaying or be able to prove some kind of underlying health condition that indicates that I do need this? And if, hey, John, you know, if you're okay and you're 65, you know, let's save that dose for somebody who needs it. So if if you did have an underlying medical condition that impacted your immune system, and you've had two doses, you could go now. Because there's only they are only uh, they're not requiring you to wait six to eight months afterwards. I believe the minimum time is two months. But um, but if your immune system is competent, then we're going to have to wait for the FDA to tell us at what point we can start giving the boosters. And but yes, it's looking like you would need to be 65 years of age. And um, so I don't have all the details on that because they haven't finalized it. Probably that will come out sometime next week, and we'll probably be hearing, um, you know, when and where and how we're going to be able to do that. It is quite confusing, and so I understand people's, um, uh, you know, just not quite understanding and getting it. But again, third doses are for people who are have some medical condition um, that their immune system is not making antibodies properly, and boosters for are for us who have competent immune systems. Um, but we have had a, a waning of our immunity because it's been a while since we had our second dose. Dr. Shalita Amler is the Commissioner of Health here in Westchester, Westchester Talk Radio, what's happening in the lower Hudson Valley. I'm John Marino, Dr. Amler. The new Mu variant, what are the early returns on that? How prevalent is it? How dangerous might it be? So, Right now, the 90% of the uh, COVID cases in the United States are the Delta variant. And so there's constantly variations. And so far, I'm not seeing anything that says that it's going to be any worse than Delta. But um, the, the, the virus, the COVID virus, is constantly mutating. So every time it, it infects a, a human being, um, we have the opportunity for that virus to mutate and to do things that it didn't do before. And so what do we worry about? We worry that new mutations might be able to be resistant to the vaccines that we are giving. And the, the variant that was most has shown most resistance was, I think, the uh, beta, uh, but that's not been a very prevalent um, variant. 
So, um, but that is our concern. The concern is that we get a variant that the vaccines don't work on. And, um, but the, the thing about the Delta variant that has everybody talking about Delta is that it's twice as infectious as the previous um, uh, previous variations of this virus. And that's because when a person becomes infected with the Delta variant, they make a lot, their cells make a lot more of the virus. Because remember, viruses can't replicate themselves. How they grow is they invade a human body, they get into our cells, and they turn our own cells into little factories. And our own cells make the virus that then um, can kill us. So if our own cells are infected with these, uh, with some of the new viruses, um, the not viral strains, then as in this particular case uh, with Delta, it causes our cells to make twice as much viral particles. And that means that it stands a chance of overcoming the amount of antibodies that we have in our body. And what how that works is that uh, the antibody binds at the receptor site, the spike protein, and prevents the virus from getting into another cell and turning that cell into a little factory. I know this can be very confusing, but the reality is that every, every unvaccinated person um, stands the chance of having a mutation that could really be bad. So that's one of the reasons we want everyone vaccinated. So there's less COVID infections and less chance of variants occurring. Do we need to cut to the chase and just issue a countywide vaccine mandate? Well, I think here in Westchester, we have done an excellent job. I'm so proud of our, our residents because they really have, have taken this very seriously. And, you know, when we say that we have 65% of our, vac- our population completely vaccinated and 75% with one dose, you know, I'm, I would love to say that we had 80% fully vaccinated and I hope we will get there, but I'm very proud of how well we have done in Westchester. And I commend our residents for listening to um, listening to their doctor, listening to the public health officials, listening to people that they trust and, and not, uh, not, you know, not listening to a lot of the misinformation that's out there and getting vaccinated. How about kids in school? Do they need to mask up? Do we need to have kids walking around in masks or do we need to continue this? And I think it's a very effective way of learning the remote form of learning or some kind of combination based upon what school districts, what parents, what teachers want, et cetera. It can't be cookie cutter now. I think we've learned that over the last couple of years. Well, there's very strong public sentiment both sides of these stories. Should children be vaccinated or not? Should they go to school? Should they not? Should they wear a mask? Should they not? You know, my thought on this is I want to do whatever is going to make our children the most safe. And I know that 21% of our current new COVID cases are in kids. And when I look at who are they exposing it to, who are they, when they get infected, who are they exposing? And and the, when I look at that, the contacts are primarily in their home and at school because that's where kids go. So the chances are, if they get COVID, they can expose other people in their school, in their classroom setting. 
So how can you prevent an exposure when you have cases in school? There's not that many things you can do. One, you can social distance, but it's impossible to social distance to six foot from every student and bring every student back into school. It, their schools just aren't that big. They're just as, it just is impossible. So the most we can do in schools is about three feet. And so, um, you know, so if you can't fully social distance, the next best thing you can do is mask everybody because we know that masks do help prevent the spread of COVID. It, um, it really does. It's not 100%, but it really does help. And so, uh, you know, um, I'm all for masking. I mean, when I'm out and about, I wear a mask. I Me don't too. ask people to do things that I don't do myself, you know. Um, but the real, the real answer, the real solution to all of this is vaccines. And unfortunately, I can't vaccinate you if you're less than 12. But, you know, if you look, the older children are getting vaccinated. And so that is the best way. Get the teachers, the staff, everybody who works at a school, the students that we can get vaccinated and hope that as soon as we can vaccinate those 12 and under, that their parents will take them to someone they trust, whether it's a pediatrician, their health department, you know, a pharmacy that they've used for years. It doesn't matter. Just take them in and get them vaccinated. And we really hope that we're going to have that ability uh, in the next month or so. I know I can't take a vaccine and walk up to a couple of people I know who until today still are refusing to get vaccinated, stick it in their arm and tell them I'll do it again to you in another three or four weeks. But here we are almost two years into this pandemic now. How do we finally put COVID behind us? Well, if you think about what it was like last year, you couldn't go into a restaurant. Restaurants were closed. I, you know, you, it was, there were very, there was no um, plays in, in, on Broadway. There was no music. There were no weddings. There were no events at all. And so with, with vaccines, we have been able to open our society a great deal. People are now getting married. People are, going into Broadway to see a play, they are able to go to a restaurant and have a meal. And so a lot of our world has normalized and that is because we have vaccines. So I am hopeful that once we, once we get the pediatric population vaccinated, um, that things will continue to improve. And that by this time next year, and I hope even before then, uh, this is going to just be, we're just going to be saying, remember what was going on when we had COVID and thank God, you know, we don't have that problem now. We'll have to wait and see. So in a year, you and I will have to talk about it and see where we are with it. But I'm hoping that we're in a different place altogether this time next year. I hope one year from now, we're talking about something else, just health issues in general and not having to focus on COVID still by that point, much sooner than that, like you say. That would be lovely. It really that would, would be great. Dr. Shirley Diamler, the Commissioner of Health here in Westchester, we thank you as always for joining us in Westchester Talk Radio. What's happening in the lower Hudson Valley? I'm John Marino. We are produced by Shark Creative, made possible by Robeson Oil, the house of service built by Lipolis Electric. Don't be left in the dark. Get Lipolis by Hightower Westchester, managing your health through a fiduciary standard by Michael Labriola landscape design and construction of our month by White Plains Hospital and by Tompkins Mayor Pack Bank. 
Catch all of our Westchester, Rockland, Putnam and Duchess, Orange, and Fairfield County talk radio programming on our YouTube channel, Shark Creative YouTube, and we have an app now for Westchester Talk Radio. Download it, take it with you anywhere and everywhere you go. It's called Westchester Talk. You're listening to Westchester Talk Radio. Powered by Shark Media, a division of Shark Creative. And made possible by Entergy, Indian Point Energy Center. Visit safesecurevinyl.com.